the Todd Stansbury Podcast from RamblinWreck.com. This is the official podcast of Georgia Tech Athletic Director Todd Stansbury as he gives you an inside look at what's happening around Yellow Jacket Athletics. Now, alongside Tech Athletic Director Todd Stansbury, here's the voice of the Yellow Jackets, Andy Demetra. And great to have you along on the brink of, if not in the midst of, maybe the busiest time of the year around Georgia Tech Athletics. We welcome you to this month's edition of the Toddcast here on Georgia Tech Athletics. I'm Andy Demetrip. Look forward to the visit and the conversation with Athletic Director Todd Stansbury. Where do you stand? Is February, March, or November the busiest time, in your estimation, in an athletic department? Well, I think uh, February, March, definitely, because realistically you have every sport in our program is uh is either in season finishing up a season or going into their spring practices so um this is definitely we are going into the the uh busiest time of the year uh, on this edition of the Toddcast, we're going to touch on football, going to touch on the spring game, touch on some really cool uh, collaborations that Georgia Tech Athletics has had in the areas of venture capital, and of course, uh, take a survey around some of the accomplishments around the athletic department as well. Uh, I don't know if you're a fan of the dust has settled cliche or the smoke has cleared cliche, but either one applicable. I know you addressed in the immediate aftermath of the season your thoughts on 2021. Now that we're in 2022, uh, Getting ready for the start of spring practice, uh, kind of recap where you, you see things right now with Georgia Tech football. Yeah, no, obviously uh, disappointing season, and we immediately went into, okay, what do we got to do to get better? Um, working with uh, Coach Collins uh, to identify, um, you know, what what are the areas that uh, we need to improve in and so that we can uh, continue to move this program forward. Um, my role obviously is uh, sounding board and ultimately provide resources so that uh, our coaches have what they need to be successful. And so um, it's kind of like now all systems go, uh, getting ready here uh, in another week to start spring football and really excited to kind of turn that page and, and start looking forward to uh, the 2022 season. Yeah, all of those coaching spots uh, have been filled no, they're getting acclimated to life on the flats. I'm curious, what are the conversations like between a head coach and an AD when it comes to filling staff vacancies, identifying people that you know the program wants and why they'd be a good fit? Take us behind the scenes of those kinds of conversations in general. No, those are definitely the conversations that you're having as um, opportunities present themselves um, and uh, basically – uh, who's out there, who's available, who fits what we need, um, and how much is it going to cost? I mean, those are all um, uh, parts of those conversations. And ultimately what you're looking to do is is build a team uh, where you've got, uh, you know, holes. How do we fill holes um, where we need to uh, tweak things? What do we need to do? And, and what, and obviously personnel, it's like any, it's like any business. Um, your people are the most important thing. Uh, and so it's an area that uh, obviously a lot of consideration and a lot of discussion, and you're trying to basically put the, the best pieces together that are, are, are going to put you in the position to, to one, develop your student athletes, develop your players. You got to be able to teach, coach, 
um, and then ultimately, uh, you know, recruiting, game day. I mean, there's so many aspects of it, and in all these areas, uh, everybody brings a different skill set, a different combination of skill sets, and ultimately, you're trying to put your posi- your 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 program in in, in the best position with uh, the best personnel you you can possibly get. Well, these new additions to the coaching staff they include a former Yellow Jacket in Travaris Tillman, who takes over as the defensive pass game coordinator and DBs coach. Former Heisman Trophy winner in Chris Winky, he now leads the quarterbacks and continues the lineage of quarterbacks that he's tutored in his post-playing career. And then Chip Long now on board uh, as the offensive coordinator and tight ends coach. Let's mention Mike Daniels as well, coaching running backs, and Jason Seymour back on the flats, coaching linebackers. David Turner now the assistant head coach for defense, the defensive run game coordinator. I know he and Coach Collins had linked up at Mississippi State, longtime coaching veteran in the in, in the Southeastern Conference. What excites you collectively about the group that now comes in and uh, will be wearing the white and gold? Well, I mean, you know, you start with Chip Long, who obviously was um, was a target uh, immediately after the season. Somebody that that we definitely uh, uh, felt could 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 help us, and and not only as an offensive coordinator, but a, a quarterback developer, or a quarterback whisperer, um, somebody can pl- call plays, uh, and just brought a lot of experience. Um, to the program if you look and and we went to the analytics on that one too um we wanted to find out um especially with an oc um that being such a critical position um and and if if, when you looked at um offense coordinators with more than uh four years in the chair prior to 2020 he was in the top 10 in the country um and obviously uh uh, had uh, uh, filled that role at the highest level, um, playing uh, college football playoff games, and and so really really excited about being able to get get Chip on board. Uh, staff retention is always the goal, but it's the nature of the business. You've been you've been an AD long enough. Coaches do come and go. Any concerns about the, the number of staff departures here with Georgia Tech football this off season? You know, I mean, I've been doing this a long time, and so there's, you're definitely always gonna, you know, have uh, have people come and go. Um, I think what you do look at though is um, uh, where are they going to, and and um, you know, the fact that uh, you had programs coming after our our coaches, uh, one tells you you got you you got the right staff. And then two, if you look at um, in every case, um, those that obviously um, uh, we 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 uh, didn't initiate ourselves, uh, either in every case they expanded their roles, um, and uh, and there wasn't a, a single situation where somebody uh, wasn't uh, wasn't making a move that didn't make sense um and and ultimately there's all kinds of reasons that you make moves and and i'd be hypocritical if i uh if if i had a problem with that because i've made a lot of moves in my career and that's kind of uh, unfortunately at times that's just part of the business and and you're always looking whether it's uh 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 whether it's an expansion of roles, whether it's um, uh, I look at a career sometimes, uh, well, not sometimes, but all the time is like a jigsaw puzzle, and you're always trying to find puzzles that you, or pieces that you already don't have as you try to move up in your career. And and uh, we have great coaches, um, love them to death, and I think the fact that um, 
you know, uh, some of them uh, moved on. Uh, the fact that they all expanded their their um, roles in some capacity, uh, you definitely can't hold that against them. What did you make of the coaching carousel in college football this offseason? In a lot of respects, it was historic between what was going on uh, at Southern Cal and Oklahoma and, and, and Miami. It, it was enough to make your head spin if you were in it, let alone out of it. How did you kind of observe the way things went this offseason in college football? It's not getting any easier. Um, when you look at the moves that were being made, um, <laughs> the money that's being paid, uh, and um, I, I mean, it's definitely uh, a challenging environment out there, and I think that's why it's so incredibly important for us here at Georgia Tech to um, have a, a culture where where our our staff and coaches know that they can be developed here, that that we're we're going to create an environment where um, there's going to be um, professional and personal growth. Uh, that this is a place that you want to be because um, ultimately it's culture that uh, hopefully keeps people maybe a, a little longer than um, than uh, you might normally be able to keep them, and it attracts it, it attracts great talent as well. Well, winter conditioning is wrapping up and winding down for Georgia Tech, which then gives way to spring practice, and the spring football calendar has moved up significantly this year. First spring ball practice is February 24th. The spring game itself will be on St. Patrick's Day, March 17th. And a lot of fans are curious, Todd, why the decision to move off the spring practice calendar about a month, and then why have the spring game on Thursday when almost universally it's played on a, a Friday night or a Saturday? Sure. Well, the first thing as we analyze, you know, what do we need to do to get better um, and, and, and knowing that uh, – we're going to have uh, a number of transfers coming in. We obviously have a young team. Um, many of these uh, these kids on our current roster have never been through a uh, normal spring uh, because of COVID. We kind of wanted to get back out there, or Jeff wanted to get back out there and, and, and uh, uh, as soon as possible, uh, knowing that um, the quicker that we could kind of bring this team together, knowing that it's going to be a combination of – uh, young guys that are going to have to uh, uh, that are going to have to you know fill more significant roles as well as the transfers coming in that this and the fact that we were going to have new offensive coordinator new quarterback coach um, as well as some others uh, the quicker we could get our coaches working with our kids uh, in a in a in a full contact um, situation the better. Uh, and so traditionally we waited till after, um, spring foot or, uh, spring break, but, um, not, uh, but this gets us back on the field, uh, and then also gives us time, um, after spring break, uh, to get people healthy, to make sure that, um, we can continue to teach, um, and mold this team. But I think the, the primary thing was, um, getting this team back together as quickly as possible, uh, so that um, uh, our our coaches uh, could start working with them in a you know in a in a real practice situation, since there really won't be anybody on this team that's been through a normal spring practice um, before here at Georgia Tech. Yeah, wow, hard to believe. Yeah, no, I mean two years of social distancing and masks and circles on the sidelines and. 
and uh, you know just the limitations that we've had. Um, it's uh, it, it. I can't wait. I can't wait to to get back to a normal spring, and uh, we're gonna get 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 going here next week. And again, what was the thought process behind playing the spring game on a Thursday, Thursday, March seventeenth? Well, one of the challenges is if you go before spring break, then you're running right into spring break, which means, um, you know, your your typical well Saturday, um, you're you're no longer in school, so you got an NCAA uh, situation there. And we should point out that spring break begins at Georgia Tech on Friday, March 18th. Right. So basically. Um, Friday uh, and, and Saturday are both problematic because of when spring break starts. And so we end up on Thursday night, um, St. Patty's Day. That does create some opportunities um, for some of the um, uh, social activities around the spring game using um, the, the, the St. Patty's Day um, theme as a backdrop so you can fill in those blanks yourself folks (laughs) yep so i think we're going to create a a a fun experience and of course um you know what it's going to be really really interesting to 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 see this team because even though um you know what 74 uh, freshmen sophomores from last team uh, last year um, all returning, it'll it, it it'll be a brand new team, and and um, there's going to be a lot of development that's going to happen over the next uh, uh, three four weeks. So I I think it's going to be um, uh, a lot of fun, um, and uh, the fact that it's on St. Patty's Day uh, adds a uh, another wrinkle to it. And there's also some logistical ease at play as well. I don't think folks quite appreciate how crazy busy it will be at Georgia Tech Athletics around that time and that weekend in particular. Yeah, no, I, I mean, everybody's in season. Uh, so we, we've got all yeah. kinds of, um, you know, other uh, every other team is actually playing. Yeah, th- like that Friday, March 18th, you got <laughs> baseball at home, track and field is competing at home. You got men's tennis, women's tennis, their home as well. And, oh, by the way, you also have Georgia Tech hosting NCAA Swimming and Diving Championships at Macaulay Aquatic Center. There will be a lot going on. And you want to make sure that you can have as many hands on deck to service the spring game as possible. So Thursday, March 17th it is. Make sure you come out to Bobby Dodd Stadium. Should be a great atmosphere. And like we said, a little bit of a tease there with maybe some of the festivities surrounding the spring game and some of the benefits that one can reap when you play it on St. Yeah, Patrick's no, our, Day. Our, our group is having some fun with that whole St. Patty's Day theme right now. And, and um, I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm, looking to, I'm looking forward to seeing what they come up with. Well, we are also coming down the stretch of the regular season for Georgia Tech basketball, the men and the women. I know Georgia Tech was hoping to have a better follow-up to its ACC tournament championship than this year. How have you seen this season unfold? What are your thoughts? Yeah, obviously disappointed at where we are at this point in the season. But, you know, quite frankly, losing Jose and, and Moses, um, uh, that, was a lot of, that was a lot of firepower to replace. Um, got a lot of young guys getting a chance to play. In fact, the, 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 this freshman class right now is uh, ranked 18th in the country coming in. I think we're seeing a lot of um, – uh, a lot of things to be excited about in the uh, in the future with those kids. We got we got some games left. We can still help ourselves. Uh, there's a lot of parity in this league. 
Um, so, I mean, uh, I wish, uh, you know, and there are so many of those games um, what, that, quite frankly, we held leads in. Um that unfortunately we weren't able to hold on. We weren't able to. Uh, I think our defense is playing the kind of defense that you're used to seeing from a Josh Passner team, and it's keeping us in games. Um, and unfortunately, we're not scoring when we need to. But um, we got a lot of we, we we got some games left, and uh, definitely some winnable ones, which hopefully will will uh, put us in a, uh, a better position come tournament time. But um, yeah. Uh, a step back um but with with Moses and Jose um those are those are some big shoes to fill uh but a lot of young players um that have that that are showing what the future uh looks like and and I know um you know this coaching staff knows how to develop players that's that's kind of their mantra and and um I I, I think that there's uh you know we're, we're seeing a lot of good things for the future Meanwhile, how about the Georgia Tech women's team, which uh, had risen to its highest ranking in school history, number 11 earlier this season. Big thanks to everybody who came out and jammed McCamish for their annual pink game last Thursday. What a special night it was honoring Tasha Buds. And just a lot of perseverance that we've seen from Nell Fortner and the Yellow Jackets this season. They've got a high ceiling. Um, this, this team's got a lot of basketball left in it. I mean, any... When you look at the wings, wins against UConn, obviously going down to Georgia, getting that win, uh, UNC, um, a couple of last shot losses to nationally ranked teams. Um, you know, Nell Fortner's a National Coach of the Year nominee, which she should be, um, and and Lorella National Player of the Year no, uh, nominee. They're just so, that defense that is stifling. Um, and uh, exciting team to watch, and of course, um, uh, our you know uh, this team and it, 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 it's tough, and they play tough, and I love hearing when other teams play us, even ones that um, you know are ranked in the top three, four, five in the country, and a coach says that our team needs to learn how to get tough like Georgia Tech's team. Uh, it doesn't get I, – I mean, those kind of um, accolades um, are well-earned, and, and I, I, I think this team um, has a lot of basketball left in it. Uh, you know, Nell's going with uh, you know, there's the old thin gold line with uh, Bobby Cremins back in the 80s. It's, <laughs> it's kind of the thin gold line with Nell right now, but she's making it work. Well, and I think that, too, um, obviously, um, you know, in the back of our mind, our thoughts are, are, are kind of what Coach Butts is going through right now as well. And, and I think the toughness that she shows and the example that she is to our young women and, and, and women through, you know, throughout that, are the, that pay attention to, um, uh, to women's basketball is one It's uh, an incredible tribute to her and the type of person she is. And, of course, um, our thoughts and prayers are, are, are with her as she, as she fights this battle um, uh, against breast cancer. But she's such an incredible example of, um, uh, uh, of toughness and how to fight. And I think that that's, uh, that's also played a role in, in why our kids are, um, uh, are, are fighting so hard to, to, to um, kind of live up to that standard. Mm-hmm. She's Tasha Tough. She no question about that. Tough.
uh, elsewhere around Georgia Tech athletics, swimming and diving. The men's program, number 22 in the nation, just off hosting ACC championships. And then next month, hosting NCAA swimming and diving championships for a program, Todd, that has been on the upswing in recent years. What do you think? This next month, hosting ACCs, hosting NCAs here on campus at Georgia Tech can mean for this swimming and dive program. Well, I think um, anytime you can host a national uh, championship, it's huge because um, it brings visibility to um, not only your team, your campus, your facility, and, and the fact that we have one of the top facilities in the country um, is uh, – is, uh, uh, and, and having that profiled on a national uh, on the national landscape is, is is huge for our program. And then the, the fact that our our um, both our men's and our women's teams continue to get better. And this will be, I think, the third year in a row that our men's program has been has been ranked in the top twenty five. And so you just start building on year after year. And I think that's where you see that this program. Um, is and and they're starting to establish themselves as um, as a nationally ranked team um, year after year. Well, if Georgia Tech was good enough to host swimming at the Olympics in '96, I'm glad they thought highly enough of it to host NCAs later uh, next month in March. Men's golf ranked number 17 in the nation, and look, we cannot promise. You will see any uh, bats on balls at Truist Park anytime soon, but we can promise you, you can see it at Mewbourne Field, and you can see it at McNeese Baseball Park. Softball off to a 5-0 start. Baseball begins the season number 11 nationally, and most season tickets sold for Georgia Tech baseball, Todd, since 2003. So there's a lot of excitement for Danny and his program. Yeah, I know. You go into the spring, and, I mean, right now, um, for the most part, every sport – is ranked. I mean, so you got men swimming and diving at number 22, golf number 17, uh, baseball 11. The two tennises are in and out of, um, you know, the top 10, top 20. And we know uh, traditionally how strong they are. Uh, and then softball is 5-0. Is, is and oh. I mean, really, really exciting uh, to see where our spring sports are. And um, that also doesn't even include um, uh, uh, men's and women's track and field, which on both sides we've got um, some individuals that are gonna that are gonna already um, are showing signs of great seasons ahead. The highest usage of a copy paste in the media relations office has been Nicole Feagan's break school record for Georgia Tech track. It's like every week she's breaking her own school record. So certainly we want to salute uh, Yellow Jacket track and field. And well. in, her, in, in her spare time, she represents our student athletes as president of our student athlete advisory well, board. Well, she runs so fast, so therefore she has time left over to do other things around the athletic program as well. Yeah, no. There we go. I mean, it's, that's how a former distance runner thinks. So uh, today, Todd, there was an article in Sportico, and not many fans are maybe aware that Georgia Tech Athletic Association has a venture capital fund, and you collaborated uh, to become an angel investor for a startup that actually you first became aware of at the Create X competition at Georgia Tech, Lizard Tech. Explain this partnership and what has you so excited about it, how this can be a, a truly unique blueprint for Georgia Tech. Well, you know, when I when I came back to Georgia Tech, one of the things that I really looked at is what makes the institute unique, and where are there advantages that we advantages that we can lean into. So, one of the first things I did was 
I created an assistant AD position for innovation. Um, Doug Alvine, um, uh, former football player and, and uh, uh, Accenture alumni, um, uh, is in that position. And, and part of it was, how do we take advantage of this innovation, entrepreneurship ecosystem that we're surrounded by, whether it's on campus, whether it's in our alumni base, whether it's Tech Square, and so this is really the culmination of uh, us continuing to um, evolve our position in this um, Georgia Tech innovation ecosystem, where now we have our own venture fund. And um, we made our first investment in Lizard Tech, which is uh, a CreateX startup uh, founded by two Georgia Tech graduates, Mike Pullen and Matt Kwan. And um, it's basically a um, a sleeve that uh, compression sleeve a compression yep. sleeve that is actually um, uh, uh, sticks to the ball. Uh, so it has a sports specific um, uh, uh, use to it, and our idea in creating a venture fund um, is that, that one we can be the test kitchen. We can provide access to develop these products, uh, and we can b- provide mentoring and um, and help as these um, undergraduate companies are are developing their products. And kind of the next phase of that was how do we become equity partners in in some of these projects that ultimately um, we create a fund that. Um, you know, down the road as they as they develop, as they expand, as they become more and more successful, we um, have a stake in that action. And so this is the culmination of all of that. So incredibly um, excited that uh, we've made our first investment um, in uh, in one of the CreateX startups. Yeah, th- this lizard sleeve. A lot of athletes they wear those compression sleeves for fashion. This this is functional. This is not fashion, like you said. And how unique is something like this that Georgia Tech has entered into in the realm of college athletics? I'd say it's pretty unique. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that we're the first um, athletic department to have an actual um, VC fund. But we're pretty close to it. And a VC fund where you're partnering with a startup that was created right across campus. You know, and, and, and here's the thing. There are things that we can't, that our athletic peers can do that we can't, that we can't do. But there's some things we can do that they can't do. And this just happens to be one of those areas where we're surrounded by um, some of the greatest innovators, entrepreneurs in the world and soon to be entrepreneurs because of CreateX and what they're doing with undergrads. And so how do we use that to our advantage? How do we use innovation and technology um, to help us build a better mousetrap, to help us develop a better student athlete, and also um, have an equity stake in those developments? That's, uh, That's pretty cool. Do you have your own lizard sleeve? I do have my own lizard sleeve. Yeah, so you can vouch for the efficacy of the product. Yeah, so as um, I'm moving furniture around uh, at home and and um, other uh, honeydew activities, <laughs> I have my own lizard sleeve. Well, speaking of uh, honeydew activities, or at least some version of a honeydew activity, as we wrap up here in the podcast, you told me you and Karen you, you checked a uh, something off your bucket list here recently. Yeah, uh, Karen. Uh, Karen had. Um, 
the Northern Lights on her bucket list. And so um, for our anniversary, uh, we spent a few days in, um, in Iceland hunting the Northern Lights, and we have checked that box. Good. Um, that would have been a long way to go to come away empty-handed. And, and from what we found out is it is a hit-or-miss proposition. Really? So um, we were extremely fortunate, and um, it was uh, an amazing experience. And, of course, anybody that knows us knows um, we've traveled around the world with backpacks. We've had a lot of amazing experiences but this ranks right up there with uh, one of the one of the mo- wow. coolest things we've done. Lived up to the billing. It definitely lived Probably up to the Probably the billing. most dazzling display of lights since the uh, LED boards here at Bobby Dodd Stadium in the fall, right? <laughs> yes. You knew we had to tie the room together somehow. <laughs> well, once again, that wraps up this month's edition of the Toddcast. Make sure you come out to Rush Chandler Stadium, McNeese Baseball Park. We'll see you at Mewbourne Field. We'll see you at McCamus Pavilion for the stretch run of the regular season for Tech men's and women's basketball. We'll see you at Macaulay Aquatic. Center for NCAA Swimming and Diving Championships. We'll see you all over the flats as you cheer on the Yellow Jackets this spring. And, of course, mark your calendars, the spring game at Bobby Dodd Stadium Thursday, March 17th. Tom, this has been fun. Appreciate you taking some time with us. Enjoyed it. Thanks. All right. We'll do it again soon. He's Todd Stansberry. I'm Andy Demetra. This has been the Toddcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. The Todd Stansberry Podcast is a presentation of RamblinWreck.com. Go Jackets! Go Jackets!